everybody. Welcome to the 150th episode of the All Pro Joffos. We welcome you today, the highly elevated sports talk for the highly elevated sports fan. We got a lot coming for you for the show today. I'm your host, JP. Alongside me, as always, the 610 Beast from the Southeast, Mr. Country K. And these are all people. And again, we got a lot of things going on for the 150th episode. We figured we might need to kind of change things up a little bit. And we did that. So now uh, we have a college football correspondent, ladies and gentlemen. Later on in the show, you love to hear him talk all the shit in the world. Corey Hammond, the last guest that we had on this show, will be our weekly uh college football correspondent guest uh throughout this season most of the uh season we're going to be covering uh san jose state um we'll either be at their games and everything so most of our attention will be on that when we're there um so Corey will be able to be our eyes and ears out in the college football world um outside of what we don't know so great to have him aboard we appreciate him agreeing to it and uh, like I said, in a little while, he's going to be on the show to talk college football. And we have a, a video that he's going to need to explain because, you know, as we know, he's been uh, replaced at quarterback at a lot of the teams uh, that he's played for in the A7FL. So a video, you know, kind of surfaced up that we wanted to uh, bring to his attention to see how he thought about it. And uh we'll show you the same time we show him so that everybody can kind of see it at the same time um but it is something to behold it's uh it, it's it, it seems a little serious but it's kind of funny at the same time so we'll show you guys that when that comes down um but as always this episode brought to you by popple the best uh digital business card in all of the land that got the business card from them and it's been easy just tapping it people scanning the qr code and everything from the all pro Joppa super Brokers productions pops up for them to be able to take a look and if you want your own stuff to make business cards that much easier instead of carrying a hundred around with you at the same time all you need is one go to popo.co use the promo code pbp family for 20 percent off your order that way uh, you get your stuff at a discounted rate and it will help out the program as well. So popple.co business, the way it should be, we help everyone do business better. Um, and let's uh, get right down to uh, some interesting news um, going on today. One of the things that I actually wanted to ask you that I saw today, uh, Dennis Rodman um says he's going to be making a trip to russia to try and get out Brittany griner i thought it was interesting you know as we all know dennis rodman has um pretty interesting relationship with kim jong-un over there in north korea um so now hearing that he's going to go to russia to uh try and get Brittany Griner released. Um, it makes me wonder uh, why we are not possibly considering Dennis Rodman a complete hero, as crazy as his ass is. Um, okay. 
Dennis Rodman wants to go to Russia to get Brittany Griner. Your first initial thoughts. Okay. That's pretty much, that's about as far. I'm just finding out this for the first time right now. So, and all honesty, my, my first thought was literally okay. And then my second thought, uh, I mean, them crazy motherfuckers like his ass. Like, just like you said, Kim Jong-un like his ass. Trump like his ass. Shit. You know, Trump and Putin was tight, so he probably already talked to Putin before. You know what I'm saying? Probably like his ass, too. You know what I'm saying? You never know. Dennis Rodman got a, a variety of friends, man. Like, if he if he can get that shit going, then he, that's what's up. You know what I mean? Like, that's about as much as I can say. I mean, America, yeah. politicians in America don't have a good relationship with Putin. So, as of right now, don't have a good relationship with Putin. So, if Dennis can get out, then he can get out. But what if Dennis Rodman was able to bring back Brittany Griner without a prisoner exchange needing to be made? I mean, again, should we start calling Dennis Rodman a hero at that point? What? Uh, he's making peace with leaders that normally wouldn't make peace with us. How many times do you think Dennis Rodman tried to convince Kim Jong-un just to stop with the nukes and Kim Jong-un just kind of been like, okay, and stopped with it for a little while? Because, again, he is crazy. But. I don't know. I don't know if Dennis is crazy. He understands crazy. He all the way understands. Maybe that's why the, the, those crazy ass motherfuckers like him because he he understands them. Does that not make him crazy though? Man? Not necessarily. Just because you understand something don't mean you're crazy. You know how to communicate crazy too, so I mean if you if you relate to the motherfucker, he ain't got necessarily have to communicate on the same level. You can communicate on your level just morally a way that they can understand. So leave it in the basketball news. KD is getting floated around there. Um Memphis is very interested in getting KD over there to the Grizzlies with John Morant. My question to you, if KD goes to the Memphis Grizzlies, what would they have to give up? And could him and John Morant be a duo good enough to win an NBA title? Let me just say it like this. They'll lose their bench and a bunch of first-round picks. They'll lose the, they'll lose a few players off their bench. Maybe two starters, a few players off their bench, and a couple first round picks. That's it. That kind of seems light. 
five players and two to three first rounders? Five players, two. Well, depends who the you said most of those players would be bench players. It'd be multi-team trade. It'd probably be three bench players and two starters. Who would the starters be? Mm. I think KD liked playing with Steven Adams when he was there. I think Steven Adams still in Memphis. So I feel like Steven's a stay. They'll probably get rid of Dylan. And um I don't really know a team like that. God damn. I know they'll get they'll get they probably get rid of a few players. It'll be a multi-team trade though. Mm. Get a couple teams in there, so they'll have to fucking out there and bounce that shit out. But it's all gonna be based off a of contract, like for the most part. It's not gonna be talent. They're gonna have to match the contract up because they really the first round picks are gonna be probably it. Picks aren't as value are are picks really valued that much in NBA like they are in the NFL? Yeah. They don't seem like it to me. I feel like when it comes to draft picks, if you're within like the top five, really at most the top 10, you're good. But everything outside of that, you can move up and down and still, you know, there's not really a whole lot of, you know, if you're in the lottery, then yeah, you know, it's important. But outside of that, it's kind of like, Teams are willing to give up first-round picks and stuff like that pretty easily, especially for a player that can be really good for the next three, four, five years, you know, for their team. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think. No, it's definitely high value because when you're in the NBA, first-round picks take about that long to goddamn to manifest. So if you're trading somebody for a potential guy that's going to take about three, four to five years to manifest, all right, I'm going to trade you two of those, <laughs> two of those for the guy that's ready right now. Give me this eight-year vet instead of the guy I got to wait for. Now, they still they still high value. Hmm. I don't know, man. I feel like they would have to give up a little bit more than that. And as much as KD likes Steven Adams, I don't think that's going to matter to at least the Nets when it comes to value that they're going to get in return. Well, Steven Adams probably not going to be their fucking angle because they got Claxton. They already have a big in, in doggone Brooklyn. So that's why I said that. Mm. And you know what I mean? Like, if I'm not mistaken, either Steven Adams is in – New Orleans or in Memphis, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it's Valanchunas. Valanchunas, I don't know, bro. I'm going to be honest. I don't know who the big is, but they, I'm pretty I'm, sure they had a quality big. Valanchunas, I think, is with Chicago. That's where he is? Hold on. Let me, let me, let me do this right now because this is annoying. And Vucevic is with New Orleans. I think. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. That one person who's watching, you tell us who that is. People, <laughs> right, so Steven Adams uh, is the big for Memphis. So, yeah, right. I was right. Yeah. So, I was right. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, based off of that trade, it would probably be them guys. Be probably they 
three, four. You know what I'm saying? To fill that void and then get some bench players to fill the void that they had no bench players. Mm. Then you trade Kyrie. And most likely, like I said, everybody don't pretty much threw Russell on the bus. So it's probably most likely going to be Russell because they point guard, point guard. So Russell end up in Brooklyn probably by himself, which that actually might work for him with a slew of bench players and the guys that's going to actually play. Mm. Young guys, guys that's trying to fucking do something. And Russell can goddamn burn his wick out there. I don't know, man. You think they'll end up trading Kyrie too? If they trade KD Kyrie up out of there, I can tell you that right now. That he gone. He gone the next day or the same day. He'll be part of that three four team trade that's gonna require KD to move somewhere. Nah, they're not gonna do them at the same time. Same time, different teams. Well, yeah, they're going to different teams, obviously, but I'm saying like they're not going to do all of that at the exact same time. You know what I'm saying? It would be two different phone calls. Like, I mean, not two different phone calls, two different transactions. Hmm. Damn. Fucking hell. Um, see, that's NBA. Well, I'm thinking, I'm, well, we'll answer that. Would John Morant and KD, are they good enough to be able to win a title together? That was the second part of your question. Okay, so, um, yes and no. Talent-wise, yes. No, because I don't think Ja got, he don't have that yet. KD. I'm not entirely sure KD got there yet because they just got their ass swept. I so mean, I don't know if it's so much as he has it yet. I think it's more of the question of does he have it anymore? What do you mean? Is he dedicated to the game enough and dedicated to like actual like instead of worrying about fucking what everybody's talking about on Twitter and social media and all that oh, all no, that other nah, shit? Nah, nah, KD for sure, he's a hooper. Nah, that's nah. I get that. This last year, though, I mean, yeah, he was hurt, but when he was in, ugh, it was, it wasn't anything to be. He so first off, KD KD was playing. I'm be honest with you, he was doing the best he could, man. With the situation that was going on, they did not game plan for KD to be playing by himself. Like that's just all honesty. He they not game plan for him to play. Yeah. By he is trying to yeah. carry it and do what he best he could. I mean, even the one game when they played, he had his foot on the line, and he shot the three-pointer. Like, he almost won that game by himself. And that could have changed the whole trajectory of those playoffs because it would have built confidence in these fucking bench players and guys that don't normally fucking play hot minutes. They'll have more confidence because they just won a fucking playoff game. And then KD will fucking be able to, you know what I mean, tap into that bullshit that, you know, great players tap into, whatever the fuck. I don't know. Shit. (laughs) I don't know, man. I, I really think that th- this whole thing, because again, KD, there's were talks about him 
threatening to retire and then he came out and said no that's not true and then hold on my bad. Hold on, hold on. are you on your phone yeah Corey's in the thing i know okay i saw him i was gonna oh. wait a second <laughs> but, yeah uh, i saw him in there checking his hair and everything else like that yeah <laughs> yeah making himself look nice and pretty before we get him on air um but no, I, I do think that, see, with Ja playing against the Warriors and kind of learning, because, again, Ja was one of the main reasons that Memphis was even close to contending with the Warriors. Well, yeah, he's the main guy, but I can't give you that because them boys definitely beat y'all one game with just the bench guys and Ja wasn't playing. No, I, I understand that, but what I'm saying is if Ja has, you know, they he already has a pretty solid bench. If he just has that one more piece to be able to help him out so he's not always doing everything offensively. Nah, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, why, here's the thing why I agree but disagree. I agree what you're saying about they need somebody that's ready to go right now. The problem where I disagree is they have a team that, that can do that it's just their whole fucking team is young as shit. Like, all of them are young. So they still going through those road bumps and shit like that together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Most of, like, Jaws, their best player, but most of their team is under 25, if I'm not mistaken. For sure, under 30. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, Steven Adams is damn near, like, the, the great uncle in that some bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. But. but. Damn, Adams has been in the league for a while. Hey, but he's a good he's a good force down the middle, though. He's a good fundamental player. Oh, yeah, he's a great motherfucker. Great, great yeah. Aussie. Good role like player him. and everything like that. There's a lot about him that I like. Um, Thanks from New Zealand. I'm not exactly sure, to be honest with you. Could be all sure. But, uh, look them up. Fuck but, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so from... Rodman trying to get Brittany Griner to Katie, um, possibly going to Memphis. You know, the NBA is already shaping up with the summer league and everything already done. Rookies and stuff like that, all training camp, everything that's about to be going on. NBA is going to be starting back up again soon. So uh, be on the lookout that later on, maybe, you know, we might wait until a little bit because all 82, like, whew. I mean, 82 games is a long fucking time. And there's more to cover in football anyway. Because now we're at a point where we're covering more than just NFL. Because, you know, like we said, we're going to be covering a whole lot of uh, San Jose State stuff. Um, you know, going to be there physically, you know, at the games and everything else like that. Um but we needed somebody to be able to help us uh, get to it um, outside of that, be able to keep the eyes and ears uh, on the streets of college football to find out what is going on um, in that realm. So you guys met him a couple of episodes ago and, you know, we had to bring him back in some capacity, capacity, but we didn't know it was going to be like this, but, uh, either way, we couldn't be prouder to have him with us. A new Jaffo college football correspondent, 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the great silver-haired multi-child A7FL QB and announcer Corey Hammond. What's up, Corey? Welcome back, my friend. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, hum I'm humbled and honored to be here, like your uh, your post said about me. But um, you know, it's it's that time of year. And while wives and girlfriends are getting ready to uh, decorate with pumpkins and apples and all that, you know, crazy stuff and and getting going out to uh, get whatever a pumpkin spice latte is actually flavored with. Us gentlemen get the pleasure of enjoying that that stiff, cool breeze and the return of all forms of football. Yeah. So that's why I'm here, guys. Uh, thanks for bringing me here. And, you know, it. We're days away from, even though college football started with a couple of, uh, you know, cupcake type blowout games. Week last zero week. games, yeah. Week one, guys, thank goodness, is officially upon us. For <sighs> all the fans of the A7FL, where you might find me in the regular season playing and in the postseason speaking over the guys who are playing that are better than me. <laughs> We're now on to Division 1A. F whatever S it's known as now, college. Football. I think it's still the FBS. Yeah, uh, it's not necessarily. I think it's the F, uh, the F uh, cash sign, dollar sign S. Um, and I that is really what uh, the professional uh, the without calling it professional. Exactly. Yeah. So, guys, uh, you know, first I would like to say that you know, let's just be honest. All of us, including the uh, you know the analyst who's supposed to know things here. You know, week one is a tough one because a lot of these teams, there's a lot of turnover. And even more so with this new transfer portal, guys, you know, we're going to see a lot of teams that have a lot of a lot of different faces. Now, we can talk about some of the, you know, the, the, the teams from last year that stood out. We could talk about some of the, you know, expectations maybe for where the, the, the playoff might end up. But let's just, you know. Let's just ease into college football season by talking what games we're going to be able to watch this week, who to watch, why to watch them, and kind of get our, you know, feet, you know, into a, a walk before we start into the full sprint that is the college football season. So, as you guys obviously know, as Jaffos all always know, even more than even their analysts, Thursday is when we actually start to get a couple of big time matchups. So I'm not going to go into more than the others because you can see the Oklahoma State Cowboys if you want. You can watch Wake Forest and the Demon Deacons, you know, blow out whoever BMI is. <laughs> but <laughs> on Thursday night, if you want to tune in for a game that might end up actually meaning something in, in the big uh, six conferences, the opener for both West Virginia at Pitt, to me, looks relatively interesting because last year Pitt kind of was the Cinderella um, uh, one of, if, if you don't include Cincinnati, but Pitt was one of those teams that kind of came out of nowhere. You know, Pickett as a quarterback kind of came out of nowhere, almost had like a Joe Burrow type season where he went from, you know, good to average starter to first uh, quarterback picked in the draft. And it, it seemed like, you know, those guys at Pitt were really kind of, you know, easing into one of those perfect situations. And our doozy, head coach, uh, you know, built up uh, a bunch of, you know, kind of top-tier talented guys, 
the ACC schedule broke a great way, and Pitt was one of the teams that represented in the uh, January 6th bowl games, you know, making a pretty good showing without their starting quarterback, but losing in the end to Michigan State. So they start off this season missing a quarterback that they lost to the Steelers in the NFL draft. And let me just say, as a side note, it'll be a really welcome thing as much as you guys are down on Deshaun Watson. Watson. It'll be a and really not- welcome thing to see the Steelers with uh, potentially a new quarterback, whoever it ends up being. Um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is, is well known for all of the, you know, air quotes, great things that he's done both uh, off the field and in bathrooms. And, you know, we're, we're glad that he's moving on. Let's go! Oh, uh, was that too much <laughs> too soon? So getting back to the pit. You got, you got K fired up with that one. <laughs> so get back to the pit collegiate ranks. I was you know, because I was looking at going like not not only did they lose Pickett, they just lost their best wide receiver, the Belitnikov Award winner to fucking USC. So they just lost their starting QB and their best wide receiver in the offseason like that. And their first game of the season, guys, on a Thursday night in week one, which is usually when, you know, the teams that are that are kind of, you know, in a good standing nationally as far as reputation goes, you know, Alabama is always scheduling a Utah State like they have this week in the week one because Alabama has nothing to prove to anybody. Well, guess what? Pitt, losing their quarterback, losing their top wide receiver to USC. They got a lot to prove. And they're facing a West Virginia team that in the Big 12 is a competitor. They're they're looking to get back on the right track. Um, you know, uh, Brown coming over from Troy when when he was, you know, the, the Sun Belt coach of the year and they were winning games easily. That hasn't really transferred to West Virginia yet. They bring in a Cliff Kingsbury successor, not in coaching guys, but at Texas Tech quarterback, Graham Harrell at offensive coordinator. And those guys from the uh, Mike Leach coaching tree where he's coached them at the quarterback position usually works out to at least yards, maybe not, you know, wins or, or points or anything, but they're going to get yards passing. Um, that's West Virginia's offense. But getting back to Pitt, one thing that I'm looking at for the Pitt uh, team this year is – they're returning an elite level offensive line. And as great as their quarterback was, as great as their skill position was, a lot of the, the reason that they were an ACC contender is their offensive line was elite. They're bringing back almost all of that offensive line, including some of the guys that would rotate in. So they have depth and elite players on that offensive line. And guys, I don't know if as a West Coast guys, you might remember this name, but in the transfer portal, they lost some talent to USC, but they also gained some. And when you have a great offensive line and you can protect the quarterback, you, you, you have a recipe potentially for another good season offensively. And, and Pitt got a guy, you might guys remember, Keaton Slovis from USC. Hmm. And as a true freshman, this guy threw 30 touchdowns and only nine picks. And that was two years ago. This year he's coming in a much more mature player, potentially has the offensive line in the system that he can even potentially build off of where Pitt was last year. And if you have if you have some time Thursday night and you want to watch some college football, I, if I were you, would turn on the Pitt West Virginia game because there's a potential there that Pitt, with an maybe even easier ACC schedule, hmm. could repeat that similar season that they had last year coming into this season. Now, a lot has to be said about Keaton Slovis. Obviously, he's transferring from USC because he isn't the guy there anymore. But with the coaching changes and, and the tumultuous situation over there, why not go to a place where have successful, you know, system at least, 
have a great offensive line. Just had a quarterback get drafted from there last year. And guys, of the big six, the ACC is one of those where you can find a nice comfort zone in the regular season. And Pitt took care of the outside of the uh, ACC games last year, you know, going undefeated in those games. So I expect them to have a pretty good showing against West Virginia, although West Virginia's offense is going to be better. I don't know if they're going to be able to stop the Pitt offense. And I'm pretty high on Keaton Slovis this year. I think, you know, those types of guys that go back and forth, go through some adversity, have faced struggles for whatever reason, whether it's the coaching changes or the offensive line play or the high expectations and not necessarily immediate output as an 18-year-old freshman. He's coming into a great situation with a great offensive line and some players that are going to step up and make plays. So look for that West Virginia Pitt game on Thursday to be that true season opener for some good football and maybe some big plays in the pass game. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm looking it down. I've been looking down the list, and you can see it down here on the on the Jaffo ticker uh, for this uh, episode here. All of the top 25 games down, and one that intrigues me the most. Because, again, usually week one, like you said, all of the top tier teams play these cupcake squads just to get that, you know, get the rust off or whatever, get the one game under their belt so that the rest of the season goes smoothly. And those, but and there those are blowouts guys, those, those blowouts guys are bought and paid for with good money from these big time universities. Oh yeah. So they can drub up a, a, a one double a team and get some, uh, some of their, uh, their starters, some uh, live reps because there's no scrimmages. Right. And then, and then now, but when I look at it, I'm like, okay, there are actually some matchups here that are kind of intriguing and in some cases some may look at it as a trap game otherwise can look at it kind of for what it actually is but the one that actually jumps out to me is one how did Notre Dame Notre Dame get the number 5 seed and two number Notre Dame at Ohio State the number 5 versus number 2 to start off the week Caesar sportsbook has Ohio State favored by 15 and a half um and ESPN gives them an 83.5% chance of winning. Um, again, looking at this, even though you look at it as a ranking of Notre Dame being at number five, I still think this is one of those games that's just kind of a tune-up for Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, when you have the name Notre Dame, and we mentioned another school, USC, and I don't mean South Carolina, I mean Southern Cal, or you have a Michigan Especially preseason guys, the rankings of those teams are are face value, you know, branding more than, in my opinion, they're based in actual fact. So Notre Dame loses their quarterback, has a has a pretty brand new coach, and there's not much that they say that they are either adding or changing, and they're somehow going to be better than they were last year, which is a stretch for me. And then you look at the Ohio State team. They are in the perfect storm of, of the, the Ohio State cycle of success because when I think they're, they start the season and everybody's patting them on the back and they feel like they deserve to be in the college football playoff without a game going on, that's when they get, they get upset by Purdue. or That's when somebody sneaks up on them. But, guys, mm. they lost to that team up north. They lost to the guy that uh, you know Michael Jordan over there on Country K's screen is wearing. 
<laughs> Ohio State is going to be a buzzsaw that every team that faces them better be prepared for. And now there is a chance, as always with Ohio State, that they, they get caught in between a trap game where they're going to play Penn State next week and, you know, good old Rutgers, which is not going to happen. But, like, a team like that is going to surprise them. But this is the type of year with, a, with their quarterback, C.J. Stroud, and all of the skill position players either coming back or being upgraded. There's juniors on the team, guys. There's juniors on the team from, you know, NFL players that are that are backups. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, when Coach Day took over the job at Ohio State, I was a little skeptical. It was almost like a situation where it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, one of those situations where, like, when Ron Zook took over Florida, yeah, that's going to work out. No, it didn't. <laughs> Um, but Coach Day is has been the offensive mind that may have been the driver for some of the late success of Urban Meyer, and he's been able to translate not only the scheme success but also the recruiting. And when we talk about quarterbacks a little bit later on, I'll try to introduce some quarterbacks that I'm kind of looking at this year to have a good season. We kind of skip over a guy like C.J. Stroud because we just expect him to have a great season, and it's almost a de to his detriment how good the offensive line play was in front of him last year how good the wide receiver play was around him last year. But don't expect yeah. anything different, guys, because Ohio State is coming into this season. And as high as they have Notre Dame rated, I, I'm not, you know, advocating anybody following my advice on this podcast with, you know, monetary, uh, you know, support in, in favor of my words, guys, you know. Hold, hold no, no, on. seriously. Yeah, any anything that anything that. that Corey says, but, take that and bet on it. Use it. Put all the money down, and well, then you can thank let's, Corey let's see, right let's after. See my, let's see how how uh, my uh, my record is after three weeks, and then maybe you want to inverse me. Um, but to to start out week one, you look at that line and you say to yourself, fifteen. Ohio State's only fifteen points better than a Notre Dame with a new quarterback new coaches around the board, new players that are filling in big spots. And somehow they're ranked like at the, you know, better than they were almost at the end of last year. It just feels a little off to me. And just like mm. the Cowboys in the NFL, just like the Patriots in the NFL, when Tom Brady was the quarterback, Notre Dame's going to get points because people recognize that brand. So if you're thinking that 15 points is a little bit of an uh, you know, underestimation, especially with Ohio State coming off of a, offseason in which they got to watch on their their workout screen every single day the loss to a team called Michigan that they absolutely can't stand and hate that driver is going to lead to a lot more success than the average Ohio State team which is already one of the best in the nation I could almost mm -hmm. pencil them in right now you know unless they have a terrible injury some kind of catastrophic thing happens but I'm going to first on week one, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, just a disclaimer. I'm going to watch first before I start going crazy on these things. <laughs> but that's my feel on that game because you look at the schedule, there's there's a couple of ranked games. We got Cincy, Arkansas. We got mm. we got uh, Oregon, Georgia. And we mm -hmm. got Notre Dame, Ohio oh, State. Sure. And guys, guys, those are all ranked games, which means yeah. that, you know, on paper – we should expect those to be relatively close games. We can get into the other ones, but at least to start out with Notre Dame, Ohio State, that to me feels like one of those games that, you know, you might want to be drinking, have a drinking game going for every time C.J. Stroud has a 15-yard a completion because by the end of that game, guys, you're probably feeling really good.
Yeah, no, again, I was looking at it because the 15 and a half, I did look at that going. Again, Notre Dame being at five, that's fine. I still think Ohio State is just that good to where it, unless it's Alabama really that they're playing right now or Georgia, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of all Ohio State's to lose at this point. The only ones who end up, you know, losing that game for Ohio State is themselves. It's not that the other team is going to be necessarily better than them talent-wise, because like you said, the talent pool is just through the roof, getting people from the transfer portal, getting, you know, all their their scholarship recruits, one of the top draft classes this past year, or not draft classes, uh, recruitment classes. Um, Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, he's got something to prove this year. Um, for sure, because it's almost a guarantee at this point that after this season, uh, he's going to be putting his name into the draft, um, and he's probably going to be a top two, maybe or you know top two, top three overall pick, um, depending how things kind of fall in place. So again, it's it's all his to to lose at this point. But another that game, I'm glad you brought up those two games because those the other two games. Because those are the ones that I was actually intrigued the most. Well, let's start. Let's start with the warm-up one because Cincy, Arkansas, right? I think that's where I would want to start with those two games because there's a lot to talk about with both of them. Right. Um, I was going to say, Cincy and Arkansas was one of those that's the intriguing one because even like 23 Cincinnati, number 19 Arkansas. I can't even remember the last time Arkansas was even ranked, so this is actually new to me to see. And Cincinnati, very good last season. They have been these last few seasons. Um, but can they sustain that without Ritter, without um, losing the, without losing Sauce on the outside of the DB? You know, so I'm actually thinking, you know, even though they have Arkansas by seven. I'm thinking Cincinnati Cincinnati can easily pull up a quote-unquote upset. And to be honest, I wouldn't even call it an upset. I think that's rightfully what should happen this game, despite so saying, the rankings. you're saying Cincinnati over Arkansas? Yes. Yeah, and you know what? When you look at what happened last year and you start thinking about what Cincinnati was able to do and the types of opponents that they were playing, you know, maybe you'll see where I'm going. Um Let's let's mention old Arkansas because we forget Arkansas a little bit because, you know, since Brett Bielema, it's really not been so great over there. And there's been a lot to forget. Arkansas is in the SEC, which means that unless they're a very, very good team, they're not going to do well. But last year, guys, they went nine and four and they were four and four in SEC play. So we talk about teams like Ole Miss and everybody's interested in what Lane Kiffin antics are going up and going on, excuse me. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the best names maybe in college football next year will be the Ole Miss quarterback guys, a USC transfer from the portal as well. His name is Jackson Dart as a quarterback. Come on. Dart is the last name. For a quarterback? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's an all like first team, all American preseason football name uh, at the position. <laughs> Um, you know, going along with guys, you know, at the defensive line with the last name strong, but anyway, um, 
KJ Jefferson for Arkansas guys at the quarterback position proved to be a real big time player because the the types of numbers that he put up both in the air completing over 65% of his passes and averaging over 7 yards a rush on the ground um he was doing those numbers against defenses similar to Georgia not like Cincinnati who you know only had the 50th most efficient or so offense in the NCAA all of the NCAA last year and that's going against their you know former Big East opponents and all of those you know teams in in comparable to the SEC that at, end up at the end of the day just being plain cupcakes and Cincinnati earned the right to be in the college football playoff last year and I'm not going to ever take away anything that they did last year but if you're a Cincinnati fan what you're hoping for and you're praying for, and this is probably not what they're doing, is that when Desmond Ritter has the opportunity to play in the uh, in the NFL, like he gets his first couple of actual games, that he's terrible. And let me tell you why. Because if he's great, if he's a very good to great NFL quarterback, what that means is that he's a, 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 like a generational type of quarterback that Cincinnati is probably not going to be able to get again in recruiting. You know, without, you know, some major changes. And obviously they're going to the Big 12, but, you know, that's another conversation. So if Desmond Ritter is an elite level quarterback on the NFL level, then he's an, a generational talent that the Cincinnati cannot hope for again. And they got a guy, Evan Prater, who is a dual threat quarterback. Guys, he's 6'5, 180. So that might be a thing to maybe look at on the depth chart at who their number two quarterback is. But, <laughs> uh, Lamar Lamar was about that size back then. I I I well. I, That's a whole different athlete. When, we, but when I'm we're just, just talking saying. about a guy named Evan Prater, uh, you know, and we're just going based on things, you know, things he's done at scrimmages, and it says on his recruiting, you know, a couple of years ago that he's a pocket passer. I'm pretty sure he's not going to have the same, uh, you know, athletic abilities that Lamar has to yeah, keep yeah. him from getting murdered. Um, and he will be fine probably in the uh, American Athletic Conference uh, in the regular season of their, you know, conference play at that 180 pounds, in my opinion. But if you're really high on Cincy, you got to ask yourself a couple questions. The first question is, is Luke Fickle an upper echelon elite level college coach? Hmm. Good question. And I don't know how I would answer that. And I'm not going to be unfair to a guy who obviously has proven it in multiple places in, in separate years, not, not consistency yet. And that's really mm -hmm. what the test is going to be for, in my opinion, for Cincy this year is the consistency, how they can lose players and then replace them. But if Desmond Ritter is not good and he's a system quarterback, then whoever Evan Prater ends up being is probably good enough to continue to put up those types of numbers. Right. But guys, Arkansas, they, their offense is led by their offensive coordinator. You might remember this last name, guys. Um, his name's Kendall Bryles. And that last name might sound familiar because, you know, for all the things that we might talk about for his father, Art Bryles, oh. and how closely, you know, his soul must be to a very, very, very hot place. Um, and how, you know, as a human being, I say I wouldn't. As a human being, I wouldn't say Art Browse is that great. As an offensive mind, 
RG3 exists and is now calling and, and, and talking about football for a living because of Art Bryles and his, his offense and his dominance. And what his son Kendall Bryles brought to the Arkansas offense the past two years is a spread, balance, run-first offense featuring their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, that when I look at what they're able to do in the SEC play and returning a lot of players that, you know, they're they're on more of an upward stick than last year was the upward and now, you know, it's falling like the stock market this year. Oh, my God, the stock market. Hold hold BBY, you guys. It, it's it's working out for you guys. I don't know if you know Wall Street Bets, but, you know, those, uh, those guys need uh, – you know, special regards from us. Um, <laughs> getting back to football, you say Cincinnati, and and you know what? Part of everyone should want Cincinnati because they're the pure underdog in this matchup. And even though Arkansas is a name brand that hasn't really proven their worth in recent years, the nine wins last year, I think, was an uptick that's, that's signaling that they're actually getting more and more competitive as years go on. And, guys, mm-hmm. I think that that Arkansas team, that SEC team that Cincinnati's facing with a worse team than they did last year is going to end up with a similar result, and they might end up with that. You know, guys, the line on that game is Arkansas minus seven. Yeah. If Cincinnati can keep it within seven against an SEC team, then they got a great coach in Luke Fickle. That's all I'll have to say. So at that, at that point, it's looking at it. If they can keep it at least competitive, then win or lose, it's in the right direction. I mean, you look, know, an them. SEC an SEC team that was on the uh, the upper half of the conference. That's a tough yeah, opponent, sorry. regardless of where you're from. And if you're in the American Athletic Conference, like Cincinnati is, moving to the Big Twelve, and you barely have anyone on your schedule, if they if they want a chance to be a, a team that like we were talking about Pitt earlier. And how they were, in essence, you know, on that Cinderella trajectory. If Cincinnati wants to have any close to a repeat of last year, they have to win this game because if they lose this game, they're not going to be able to prove that they're they're up like one of the big boys against anybody else on their schedule that I see. Um, it, it's going to be tough, but regardless, I mean, I, I do like Cincinnati. I do like the last few years what they've been. I mean, I've kind of kept my eye on them a little bit. They've been one of those teams that. Uh, you know, impressed me in certain situations in certain weeks these last few years. So to kind of see where they're at from where they were, it. I mean, again, it's it's one of those teams you definitely root for to do well. But um, hopefully, and a lot of those plays, guys, a lot of those plays that that propelled them to be one of the better teams in the country last year, so that they, you know, they weren't losing games. You know, there were a lot of clutch plays by some clutch players that are that are getting their opportunity in NFL. And when you're a team like, you know, for instance, when you're a team like Georgia, talking about their defense and how many guys they lost on defense and offense, you got the guys on the bench during those games that you can, you know, re- reload for next year. When you're talking about Cincinnati, Ohio is a, it has a huge bed of talent. In, you know, in high school and ready for the college football ranks. But a lot of those guys are going a lot of other places before they go to Cincinnati. And unless Luke Fickle is that good of a coach, which this season is going to be his te- the testament to that, because give him credit already, he's, he's a very good coach. But if he wants to be on that elite level, that upper echelon of guys, you know, 
this is going to be the opportunity for him to show it when replacing as many NFL guys that he lost to a, to a school like Cincinnati. It's times like this where, you know, yeah, you got to the number four spot in the college football playoff uh, berth, but let's see really how consistent made, you can they be. They made it where Texas still has it, right? Uh, just relax, okay? Well, give it I love Texas, and I, you know, give it, give it, and, and, give and, it. and Coop <laughs> going to Texas is great. But yeah, yeah, get. Cincinnati's been in the college football playoff at this moment in time. Texas has it, so we can say all we want, but give Cincinnati the credit that they they deserve. But in week one of twenty twenty two, I think they're gonna lose. <laughs> so whatever that's worth. <laughs> Oh, and then and then we talked about Oregon and Georgia. Georgia being number three, Oregon being number eleven. They have Georgia winning by seventeen and a half, which kind of like the Ohio State, you know, fifteen and a half. That to me, I was like Georgia against Oregon. I feel like it would be well, more who's than or, that. But like you said, they did Oregon's lose a lot head of Oregon's coach, guys? Because this is what makes this game a little bit interesting. Yeah. You know, Dan, Dan Lanning t- takes over for Oregon and is, is one of the first defensive minds to really go there in as long as I can remember. Now, as long as Oregon's been wearing ridiculous uniforms, and as far back as I can remember is Achilles Smith, um, which goes to, to maybe date me, <laughs> Achilles Smith, um, Maybe I should say Joey Harrington, maybe that, but whatever. <laughs> I don't remember Oregon having any type of coaching on the defensive side of the ball. Basically, with the Nike money, they said, we're going to play fast break basketball. We're going to have basketball shoes. We're going to have bright yellow jerseys so that we can see our receivers in any type of coverage. And we're going to try to score 50. And as long as we don't allow 51, we're going to win. So, by far, the best defense in the nation last year was coached by Dan Lanning. Now, Dan Lanning is a name for the Georgia defense that wasn't on the field. And if we're being honest with ourselves, a lot of what Georgia did on defense has a lot to do with the people that were on the field. And when I say people, I use that term loosely because, thank God, guys, I play in the A7FL and I don't play in the SEC. Um, uh, and, yeah, and no, if I had Davis, no pads on against these, these guys, I, I would not be here to speak with you or to procreate as often as Matt Ryan thinks that I do. <laughs> Shout out to Matt Ryan and uh, Rob Fabian, my uh, partners on the A7FL three on one podcast. They know. wanted to just mention some things, and I will get into that uh, a little later. But uh, Rob Fabian's is very simple and clear bring back NC Dubs, the video game, now. Yes, 100%. Best video game. And, and it's coming, Rob. It's coming. We'll talk, Rob. We'll talk not... about that later because I think, I think yeah. as, as, as highly elevated as your fans are, they all could get down a little bit of NC dubs. Um, but Dan, Dan Lanning, Georgia defensive coordinator, now head coach, Oregon. And then my, my guy, mm. guys, and you, it, all, Auburn fans will know this name, Bo Nix. Oh, he shit. transferred from that place in Alabama to avoid 
the SEC defenses. He wanted to go out West. He wanted to play in this open and free type of system where he's not constantly being harassed by Georgia, Alabama, Florida, and I mean, even Kentucky guys, the, the SEC is, is, is brutal defensive lineman that forced him into a almost 50, 50, you know, touchdown interception ratio, you know, guy comes in really, really highly recruited, forced into playing. In my opinion, guys, if you look at Bo Nix, too many curls, bro. Like it, it limits your throwing motion. Anyway, that go, comes from my, you know, I go with the, I have a different type of six pack. Let's just say. And it's all from Coors uh, Lane. I was in college. Now it's from uh, Chocolate Milk. <laughs> but Bo Nix ran from the SEC thinking that he was safe. And then the NCAA said, well, your conference season might be great, but guess who you play week one? On national television. You can't get away from it, Bo Nix. The SEC is back. So Bo Nix is a quarterback at Oregon. And – in general, guys, I'm actually high on what he's probably able to do as a quarterback this season. Mm. Mind you, in the last couple of seasons, the biggest jumps we saw in uh, production from quarterbacks were from guys that seemed middling in the earlier part of their careers and in their fifth redshirted senior year with all the experience, everything going the right way. They've taken all those leaps. Think Joe Burrow. Think Pickett. Maybe Bo Nix is that guy. Now, when you're playing in the Pac-12, as you guys well know, you're not going to have to deal with as many NFL prospects on the defensive side of the ball. Pac-12 is still a great brand of football. It's a shame that all of us East Coast guys miss out all in the 10 o'clock games because I'm just going to be honest. I skew offense. I play quarterback. I'm not looking to watch a Big Ten Penn State you know, versus, you know, Purdue <laughs> 10 versus nine game and everybody's, you know, drinking beer and pounding their chest and saying the chance in the stands. But basically all it is is just cold and miserable. <laughs> Pac-12 is a good brand of football. I'm not knocking it. But when Oregon starts their season off with a brand new coach, brand new quarterback, similar theme here to the Notre Dame thing, as great as Dan Lanning is, he is not bringing over from the transfer portal the guys that were either on his team last year at Georgia or were behind him, and he's facing those guys now. And yep. you said the spread was how many points? Uh, they have Georgia at 17 and a half. The under now, overs at 15. The under three overs and at 11, guys. A three and 11, guys. And it's at Georgia. So Oregon has to fly all the way across the country, which for whatever reason people keep talking about as a thing in football, like like it's what? Just fly there. Come on. I play football with no pads and no offensive line if you watch the film. But jeez. And tune into the podcast because we have big news, free agency news on the A7 NFL guys. I'll I'll go into plugs later. Let's let's just finish this game. Georgia is one of those teams, guys, that we could agree with their their quarterback returning. And for all you could say negative about Stetson Bennett, he's the anti-Bo Nix. Bo Nix came into college. He was, he was touted, oh, this freshman is what everybody should be watching. He was at the Elite 11 camp in shorts and a T-shirt. This kid could throw a bullet. Well, Stetson Bennett is not. He's the scrapper. He's the guy who had to fight for his even a job on the roster. 
He's the guy who did. They didn't even want to be the starter last year. It was JT JT Daniels' job, which might be the name of my segment here is USC transfer quarterbacks because this is the third time I've mentioned it. But they thought JT Daniels was going to be the quarterback for Georgia next year, last year, excuse me. And Stetson Bennett. Do you hear that? I can hear you. Am I breaking up? No, I'm saying, Kay, can you hear his side doing that? I can hear you sound real robotic. I can hear Corey clearly. I hear Country K perfect over there. Uh, y'all Jay, you gotta, in there. You got to have a conversation with whatever you're looking into right now. Yeah, you got to fight that robot, dude. Yeah, you got to speak softly and, and, and carry a big stick is what uh, uh president said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that perfectly fits, but. I mean, you apply it, it, works right way. it works in some rooms. There we go. <laughs> that should be okay. That seems better. Yeah, it's a lot better. Maybe I just had to go in and out for a quick second. So that that is go. what she said, though. Yeah, every time. There we go. Yeah, we're good. We're good now. <laughs> Um, as you're so saying, you missed, yeah, you missed the groundbreaking have... point about Georgia Oak. Uh, <laughs> you missed my Stetson Bennett is the anti Bo Nix, and what he's gonna, and what he's probably going to do to that Oregon defense with good coaching now, but maybe not the best players, is going to look a lot more like what was happening to Bo Nix Auburn defense. And poor Bo Nix tried to run away from the SEC, but there's nowhere to hide from Georgia. This weekend, well, and that's mean, seventeen many, points. There, there's also like forty teams in the SEC, so eventually you're going to run into one of them somewhere in non-conference play if you're not already in the SEC. Yeah, well, especially if you play for if you especially if you play for Oregon, and they they regularly schedule that opening week game against a, a top tier opponent because they don't want to catch them when they're in stride. They want to catch them with, with very little practice time and very little live action. So they have an act, actual chance, chance. So good luck, Oregon, but I don't think it's going to work out. Uh, I mean, 17 and a half is the under over is 52. I might even take the over because, you know, historically, yeah, Oregon's had a great, like you said, they've had a great offense, but defensively, it's just, they're not, they're not there. ESPN has Georgia winning at 91, or they have them at a 91. 91. Percent win chance. Yeah, they have 91% chance for them, um, for Georgia beating Oregon. And, and I, again, I kind of see it happen in that way. This will probably knock it, I mean, it won't knock Oregon too far back from 11, losing to the number three Georgia. You'd probably get knocked back to about 15, and then they can work their way back up from there. Only if they're competitive. It's a, if it's an absolute blowout, they might get knocked out of the top 25, depending on how embarrassing the loss looks. Well, and, and this is what happens with with the college football season. It honestly, it's better to get that loss out week one, and then you can get back on the horse. And while everybody else is getting knocked off, you start climbing. So, you know, Oregon, they have a brand new coach, Mario Cristobal, the head coach from last season, is now at the University of Miami, and that hopefully will be an exciting thing to watch because you know we talked about Notre Dame, we mentioned USC. If only we could get Miami doing more than just having a turnover chain and every once in a while getting a turnover and throwing it in our faces. Um, that would be great for college football. I love I love me some 
excuse me, Samuel L. Don't stare at me with that type <laughs> of <laughs> You're a Florida guy. Are you not, Are you Florida, Florida State, or Miami, country guy? Miami. That's why you got the Samuel. Oh, well, <laughs> look, what did I say? What did I say to start it, though? Don't focus on the, the rip and the, and the jab because they do deserve it. <laughs> no, focus they do. Focus on what I'm saying. We want, we want Miami to be good. They got yeah. a quarterback down there now. He looks yeah. like he looks like the the football playing Ed Sheeran Van Dyke over there. But from all that we can see, kid's good. And if Mario Cristobal brings the same type of offense that we saw from Oregon to Miami, I, I wanted to talk about Miami this week, and I'll do, I'll do it when they actually play somebody. They're playing a team B C E, and it's not Boston College. It's not it's not before the common era i have no idea who they're playing honestly so hopefully they don't lose that one country it's, they cross it's, their fingers it's and something well you could stare at me something all you want if they lose this week they're not good but i think that miami might be one of those teams that's kind of like getting themselves you know closer to on the way back but the yeah, game guys that i'm really interested that's not uh one of those ranked versus ranked opponents because that's when when you look at the schedule the first thing you see is you know who's ranked versus ranked you know Notre Dame Ohio State doesn't seem like it to me it, it would even be an interesting game to watch Clemson excuse me um Georgia Oregon to me I don't know if that's going to be an interesting game to watch Cincinnati Arkansas again in my opinion I don't know if that's going to be an interesting game to watch what I want to see is is just real quick I want to turn in real quick at four o'clock I want to see what Ole Miss does against Troy because Troy is one of those teams, guys, that they have a lot of Alabama talent. They're an Alabama school, so they get a lot of Alabama kids that, you know, just there's no room on Alabama because they're getting all the Florida and the California and the Michigan, Ohio State five-star recruits. So Troy is usually competitive now. I don't I don't see them winning that game against Ole Miss. But if, if you watch college football and you don't at least enjoy either loving or hating Lane Kiffin, and it could be one or the other, then you're, you're not enjoying college football the right way. Lane Kiffin is here for you to either love his antics or hate his antics and get that feeling from them. So Ole Miss, Corral at quarterback, great season. Their offense has been one of the best SEC offenses, period, since he's got there. And now they're getting the kid from the USC transfer portal, which, guys, so many USC quarterbacks. They're just there's so many to go around. Let's just get, give give one to everyone. Just you get an SEC quarterback. You get an SEC. But Jackson Dart, former SC quarterback, now is Ole Miss quarterback. He's in a position with the type of offensive scheme that Lane Kiffin runs to put up some huge numbers. And with a name and with a quarterback to have a name like Dart, he better be throwing them. He better be throwing them. He better be. He better be throwing them. You can't have a name like that and not doing it. So, if you, so for me, if you just want some some entertainment value, turn on that game at 4 o'clock. It's probably on the SEC network. So if you have to pay extra for it, you're probably going to want to go there. So just, just go there. Um, hopefully I get sponsored by the SEC else. network. I'm not plugging them for any other reason. But, you know, if you want to <laughs> give me, uh, I'm more than happy to do the plug. But for me, guys, another game that I think is really interesting, not only because of what the the what Vegas says the the game might end up being with a with a, a with a two point spread, guys, mm. but it's it's almost the it's almost two teams that are the antithesis of each other in this new age of NIL college football. And when you look at a team like Utah, 
They're the seventh-ranked team in the country. They bring back a quarterback, Cameron Rising, who, first of all, also All-American preseason football name, Cameron Rising. That's that's absolutely fantastic. But he was an all he was an all-conference performer and up for the conference player of the year last year. He returns with more experience, more understanding of the offense, and with the stability that only a coach like Kyle Whittingham could bring to a, 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 a program like the Utes. Now, you guys are California guys out there right now. It's not USC and UCLA that have been the most dominant and, and productive teams in the Pac-12. Yeah. Even going all the way back to the Pac-10. It's been Oregon and it's been Utah. So yeah, you know, U- Utah, everybody's talking U- about how USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten is the big move. You're not even losing the two top teams in your conference. So. Yeah, U- Utah is one of those teams that as good as they are, they are very under the radar. And they're very sneaky. Like if They're like really sneaky good. You would never think that Utah would be as good as they are. They're right, like you said, they're ranked number seven, and I think that's well deserved. They might be one of those teams that could be. I mean, for college football this year, Utah is one of my dark horses to get to the college football playoff this year. And and, and returning, time time returning offensive line play, shoring up some things on the defensive side of the ball when when they play the bigger time opponents, you know, with a little bit of experience last year. You might be on the right track, but week one, guys, they have to go to Gainesville. And Dan Mullins, Dan Mullins was really close to having something going in Florida. He's he's an Alabama you know, shoot-off coach, and those guys have been hit or miss, uh, you know, those guys that left Saban. But what Dan Mullins was able to do in Mississippi State and then Florida was he was able to recruit and have offenses produce. Now, if we go back to those couple of years and those near misses, if he wins one of those games against Alabama with Kyle Trask at quarterback or with some of the, you know, smoke and mirrors that they had to pull last year to do anything, mm-hmm. Dan Mullins probably still has his job. But it's Florida. And just like we talked about, Texas, SC, Miami, if you're not even close to a national championship, you're getting fired. So, yeah, they have a new coach, guys, Billy Napier. Now, he was an Arizona State offensive coordinator, put up numbers, then got his opportunity to cut his teeth at at Louisiana Lafayette, put up numbers. Now, he finally has his first head coaching job, guys, and he's a young guy. He's kind of the anti-Kyle Whittingham. Kyle Whittingham is your old-school coach. I doubt there's a position in the Utah coaching staff, and I quote, director of player engagement and NIL. Well, that is a position on Napier's staff at Florida because he is that next-level coach. So not only does he have a scheme that puts up a lot of points, not only does he have the personality that he's able to recruit, but he's going to take advantage of all of the millions and millions of dollars that Florida has to offer to potential recruits to get them there. So they have a quarterback in Anthony Richardson, which we don't know about. Florida could be one of those teams in the SEC that either takes a big jump or completely bleeps the bed. And I'm trying to be a little bit, 
you know, I almost got a little crazy last time I was on because we were having so much fun. Wait, wait, I'll only say wait. fuck once to say I won't say fuck. Wait. Keep no. I was about to say I'm like, did you just bleep? No, 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 no. We don't. We we don't but have. But then to bleep. I said I'll only say fuck the once just to say fuck the once, and I said it now four times. So um, I'm, I'm you know I'm having fun here a little bit, but getting back to Florida, there the new wave, the new style of coach with Billy Napier. They're gonna get the most money for their players there. They're gonna get guys involved with director of recruiting innovation, director of player engagement and NIL. There's a there's a director of game-changing dynamics. None of these things make any sense to guys like us, but for these kids that can't pull their eyes away from TikTok or Snapchat or whatever the fuck they're doing to curse one more time, we're, you're going to need a coach that kind of understands how to speak to these idiots. And I have a 13-year-old, and, and it's getting more and more apparent that this new wave of, of athletes and, and children is really tough to deal with. Billy Napier is on the way of getting these kids paid, getting these kids on social media and Instagram, you know, trying to coach them in the, in the new wave of what it means to be a college and, and soon-to-be professional athlete. And with the funding and the resources at Florida – you think that you think that Louisiana Lafayette was good being ranked 16th in the AP 25 poll at the end of last season? You know, expect hypothetically potentially big things from Florida. And as high as you are on Utah, guys, they're only favored by two going to Gainesville in week one. So look for that probably yep. to be the game with, with two teams that, one, Florida comes in with all of the swag, all of the funding, all of the talent, all of the new wave. But Utah comes with that old school, gritty, grinding, three-star re recruits that turn into great players in the system. And it's going to be interesting to see how that ends up going because I can't tell you what Florida is going to look like with a brand new coach and brand new skill position players all over the place. I can tell you what Utah is going to look like, but with Vegas telling me that they're not sure, that's probably the game that if I want to watch and enjoy myself and, you know, get some highly elevated type of perspective, you know, you could sit down and watch that game and I'm sure you're going to see something that you enjoy. No, absolutely. Again, just being able to talk about it now, the time has come for college football, professional, all of it coming back. It's just a great time of the year to be alive and to be a sports fan. So this week for week one, out of all the games that are out from top 25 rank to, you know, wherever it is, what is Corey Hammond's game of the week? My game of the week in game that you should watch is going to be the Utah-Florida game because I have a feeling that that minus two spread is going to be pretty spot on. And as good as Utah is and is going to be this year, the fact is, is that when you play an SEC team, when you're not an SEC team, you better bring your 100% A game, no cap, as the kids might say. I don't know. I would be a terrible college recruiter. I don't know what the fuck I would say to these kids to come to my school other than if you want to win, come in. I hopefully would be at a, a program um, that was winning. But if I'm watching football to enjoy myself and – 
and I just want to have a good time, I might turn on Ole Miss Troy and watch what whatever the fuck it is Elaine Kiffin's going to be doing this weekend because I'm pretty sure it'll be entertaining one way or another. Elaine Kiffin, that 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 fucking guy. Um, Corey... love, love him, hate him. He's something. And before I let you go, I'm going to give you guys, you know, just for preseason, some quarterbacks to keep your eye on. Because if you don't know who Bryce Young is, he won a Heisman and he's returning and he plays for Alabama. So, you know, go from under wherever you're hiding. That's Bryce Young. And C.J. Stroud, I think, is going to have a great season at Ohio State. So let's just skip those guys. But as a quarterback, as a 35-year-old watching younger kids do stuff, and wishing that I had maybe even a quarter of the talent when I was their age. I will say that the quarterbacks that I'm watching out for, and I'll start in the West Coast, guys. For Stanford, there's a kid, Tanner McKee. Now, he's a little bit older than your normal college junior. I believe he's either a sophomore on the field or a junior because he did an LDS mission, which is for those who don't know, the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Mormonism, they send these, these kids all around the world. They come back mature. Now, they're not allowed to do anything fun, which might be better for football. They're not allowed to do anything that's bad, which might be bad, good for football. But more than anything is they come back from these things, all going around the world, knocking on people's doors, potentially murdered by strangers, tougher and more mature. Now, Tanner McKee was not murdered. He's on Stanford's roster and last year had a really good season. 6'6", 230 pounds, a 23-year-old sophomore that is mature and able to figure out how to play this game. You know, he was in the same recruiting class as guys like Trevor Lawrence. But when you're a Mormon, you got to go do Mormon shit. You got to go do Mormon shit. Come back to Stanford, get a great education, get an opportunity probably at the NFL draft after this year. But I will say, watching some of his tape, when he has to go to that second or third read, you know, sometimes that leads to a turnover, especially because the offensive line play at Stanford last year wasn't perfect. Right. So I think that, you know, with the experience last year, he's going to have a jump in his play. But let's keep an eye out on Tanner McKee. Um, I'm also going to mention, we mentioned him really quickly earlier, my guy Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. And Country K, if you're a Miami fan, if you watched him last year, he had flashes last year showing you why there was a reason that everybody kind of like let the Eric King thing, you know, go out of the door with without really, you know, giving him some kind of like, oh, come back one more year. They were like, you know, this redhead's pretty good. Let's keep this rocking. And if orange <laughs> is one of your team colors, why not have a redhead quarterback throwing touchdowns for you? And in the ACC where we've seen quarterbacks – kind of rise and get their chance to make a big name for themselves in the next level. I think that, you know, for, for university of Miami, if they're going to be successful with Mario Cristobal, it's going to start with having a quarterback that starts and, and can be successful. Let's hope that Tyler Van Dyke for country case sake is that guy. Hmm. And then the last yeah. one I will say is in the ACC, a, a kid, Devin Leary from NC state. As far as stature-wise, he's a little bit smaller. He's only 6'1", but he kind of plays a lot like a, a Russell Wilson type. And it's interesting, even though Russell Wilson, you know, went to the NFL from Wisconsin, started at NC State. When you watch him throw the ball, there's there's a, a lot of zip on it. 
that we call like a live ball. And he could do it from all different arm angles and, and coming from a place where he's playing with not the perfect cast around him, like Bryce Young at Alabama and CJ Stroud at Ohio State. When you're really looking at which quarterbacks are going to make an impact in the next level, they have to they have to elevate the play around them. They have to be on a team with with guys that are a little bit above average and make them good to great. And I think that what we saw from Devin Leary last year for NC State is he has that ability. And with another year under his belt, maybe, maybe, guys, he's the next guy that takes that 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 huge leap, that quantum leap. And I could see uh, Leary being one of the guys we talk about at the end of the year that's one of the best quarterbacks in NCAA. There it is. And, uh, again, appreciate it, Corey, for – for coming on and giving time and everything. but I before we let you go and everything else like that because I I found something the other day you know as we know you are a you know former A seven NFL quarterback you know former. you could probably get get back into it this year and, I played last um, year I just didn't play every down I'm all, okay. I've never not been on a roster so just I am the OG but that doesn't mean that I'm not also current. So as now, as I look, last year I played. I had nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Come on, we you, we got to give me credit. You got to give know, me credit now. My team well, didn't make the playoffs. Fair. So you didn't see me in the playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. Yeah, we're talking about playoffs. I wasn't there. But no, we, ahead, but we remember, we remember the last time you know telling us you know as many teams as you've been on getting replaced by all, you know, all these other players and stuff like that, how, how petty you are and how, you know, sometimes you just want to get back at the team. Well, apparently there's a video of one of these confrontations. I guess you, there was an art, like I almost like a Tom Brady. You're picking this guy over me. I've done this whole, you're going to, everyone, we're going to see it right now. This was Corey Hammond. Um, after one of these scenarios. Oh, fuck you, man. They gonna tell me 60-30. You don't dictate to me. I'm Floyd motherfucking Henderson. You and Mark, I made you and that motherfucker. You can't sing, hum, or motherfucking skip. That a bitch. Skip on these motherfucking nuts. You and Mark, it made you rest in shit. Motherfucker, I'm Floyd fucking Henderson. You possum face motherfucker. So let me just say, let me just say the lighting's a little bit bad, and it was just coming off of the season, so I did have tan skin. But uh, I'm not sure where you guys got that video because we thought we got rid of that because now that I'm I'm, I'm representing the A7FL, that type of language I don't stand necessarily behind. But shout out to Legend A Samuel Jackson for just making faces in that video and making it. You know, stairs motherfuckerly is something that is a skill. You know, it's, it's not a God-given talent. You have to earn that right. But rest in peace to Bernie Mac, because if you're saying that I could curse somebody out in, in a similar vein as that, you, got, you, guys, you, guys, you guys must really cherish this relationship that we've just started and are building with each, each successive episode. I literally thought you were going to pull out something from the times where I was on a team called Spanktown where I am screaming on the sideline at a guy who told me to throw him a jump ball. And when I threw the ball above his head, he didn't jump for it and it got intercepted. So I'm glad it wasn't actual footage of me. <laughs> and the fact that 
I'm the Bernie Mac in that scenario. <laughs> Let me just say to all the teams that have cut me, an absolute fuck you. No, I'm just joking. But seriously, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Fuck you. No. <laughs> Oh shit! And I, I saw that, and I was like, "This had to have been what Corey was like after those situations, especially." You know, if he was that was that was the it. that was the that was me after the fourth one. Uh, there's mm. been there's been successively five after, and there's an increase in the uh, level of Bernie Macness. We'll say that I that I have. But uh, as you mentioned, EA Seven FL, we are headed right into uh, free agency period, and this week on the podcast dropping Wednesday, guys, A Seven FL three on one. Everybody at home, you know, tune in. You can catch, uh, you know, the the past couple. You still have one more day to get in and roast me, and God, do I deserve it? So get in there. These guys did a really great job. Um, but to be honest, you're not going to win because. My my wife thinks Blake Shelton is attractive, so that's a win for me. Jason Jason from the Power Rangers was my favorite Power Ranger, and I grew up saying I want to be Jason, so that's a win for me. Mitch Trubisky is a better quarterback than me, and he can run, so that's a win for me. So if I have all of those guys' DNA, then I have no excuse for why I'm so poor at football. No, I'm one of the the leaders in in yardage in, in A7FL history, so I won't say I'm bad, but I'm I'm a, I'm certainly a compiler. But again, all that said, go roast me on Twitter, Facebook, A7FL, three on one podcast. And if you think I'm annoying, you'll probably be happier with the fact that Matt Ryan and Rob Fabian are on it to also roast me and make me feel (laughs) as humble as I should because Rob Fabian is constantly reminding me of his two championships. And Matt Ryan trolls me every time we start a podcast by reminding not only the fans at home, but myself of those two championships and I have one playoff win. So it's, it's going to keep coming up until this next year when you come up and maybe you win a championship, Corey, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe at the end of this whole thing, you can be sitting on the couch, chilling with the trophy. Just, you know what? I did it guys. I did it. We're going to have that Michael Jordan moment, man. That's going to happen. And if I do guys, I'm coming on here with it. And I'm drinking something out of it. And since it's an expletive, uh, enthusiastic show, I might be a little bit reckless that day. But since I have a much better chance of coming on next week and talking college football, I'll be prepared for that um, much sooner and much more realistically. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good, Corey. Corey Hammond, thank you, my friend, for coming on. And we will see you again next week for some more college football action and talk ladies and gentlemen the og of the a7fl current a7fl qb that's right and and hopefully soon to be a7fl champion Corey hammond appreciate you Corey. we'll see you again next time my friend see you guys next week all right oh it, it it's just that shit's funny as hell to me to be completely that whole Bernie Mac thing. We had uh before we actually went live and went on air, I showed Kay what I was going to um put up. And I was gonna do it in the beginning, but he hopped right into the uh um into the college football, which was fine. 
So I at least had to get it in at the end there. And that was something that we all looked at it just kind of like, this is something that we got to put up there because this might be literally one of the reactions of um, how he would have left one of the teams that decided to replace him with somebody else. Um, but good to have Corey on again. He's going to be somebody that we're going to have uh, on a weekly basis, talking college football, getting updates on the A7FL um, in the process. Uh, so definitely be on the lookout for that. And then go follow him, Corey Ham in A7FL. Um, uh, once again, appreciate him for coming on, uh, talking with Matt and, Hopefully we can get Rob, uh, Big Rob Fabian, uh, on here to talk about his time in the A7L. Maybe he can actually talk about his championship reigns uh, that he got to enjoy and maybe get to hear his thoughts on uh, Corey Hammond. So, uh, once again, appreciate Corey for coming on and talking college football. A lot of good stuff. We're excited college football is starting. We're excited football season is here. It gives us a lot to talk about. Uh, fantasy football season's coming up. Once again, you guys know, go to uh, the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, go to the post. They're both pinned. Uh, like, follow, comment your best team name, and the best team names will get an invite uh, for the Jaffo Fantasy Football League Season 2 this year. The winner of the tournament gets two hundred dollars uh we'll get a t-shirt that has a champion on it and uh even a fantasy football championship either belt or a trophy either one but uh regardless get on it get your best team names on there um, spots are going to be filling up very quickly. The draft is September 5th. The cutoff date for uh, your entry. So since the 5th is on a Monday, uh, the cutoff date will be... Um, let's say the cutoff date will be the Thursday before. Um, so September 1st. That'll be the cutoff date for the entries. We'll be able to look at everybody who's put either DM'd or commented us uh, their team names, and they'll be placed in the league, and um, we'll get it going. $200 trophy and a T-shirt is all on the line this year for Season 2. Uh, the NFL coming up, uh, having storylines left and right. Um, Kareem Hunt, Country K. Uh, seems like he wants out of Cleveland, and it kind of seems like the Eagles are thinking about picking him up. Would that be a good pick for the Eagles? And is that something that, or is Kareem Hunt maybe something that you, as a Buccaneers fan, might want to pick up? Nah, uh, he'll be he'll fit great in Philly. He'll fit great in Philly for real, for real. Oh, shit, is up. I'm, I'm waiting on the. Why, why would he fit in great in Philly? I mean, Miles Sanders—they keep banking on him. He get hurt every fucking year. 
Like, you, they ain't got no choice. They need to get some fucking body. Miles Sanders need to go sit his ass down somewhere, bro, like, at this point. <laughs> he's good, though, when he's healthy. Yeah, but that's the part. The when he's healthy part is the, the, the biggest question mark that the, that the NFL has. Like, when is the last time this motherfucker been healthy? When they won the Super Bowl? When they had falls? Like, come on, man. That was seven years ago. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Well, I mean, if Kareem Hunt leaves, I mean, that obviously leaves Nick Chubb uh, to carry the majority of the load. And then the other dude, um, God damn it, what's his name? It was a two-part name. Something Johnson? Johnson something? I have no idea who you're talking about. He was the one who he was the one who was in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were both hurt in the beginning of the oh, year. Oh, uh, Johnson. Yeah, there we go. He could be a viable number two. Yeah, no, nah, he'd be the number two. What would Philly give up for Kareem Hunt, though? I mean, probably a couple, uh, second or some shit. Second, yeah, what you think? He, you think people forgot he kicked somebody in the dog on Vegas hotel? A lot of people don't want that on their team, so Kareem Hunt got to remember he did that. A lot of people still see you a certain way, like, yes, you're a talent, but it's not like you're the guy, you know what I'm saying? You weren't the guy in Cleveland, it was a two prong type. So it's like, all right, I mean, you good, but you won the guy. So, I mean. For, I mean guy, for guys that were like that, all the talent in the world, but can't stop kicking people in the head. Thank you, wrestling shit. Uh, that's going to stay on the board forever. Especially when we mention Baker Mayfield's name. Make you rest in shit. Every single time we mention Baker Mayfield. Make you rest in shit. I ain't agreeing with that at all. Even though on cue, on cue, every time his name, almost like when you hear when you say the Candyman, like eventually, like you say, you say Baker Mayfield, you're gonna have Bernie Mac right behind him going with the. Make you rest in shit. Every single time Baker Mayfield's name. Make you rest in shit. Gets mentioned on this show. That's my bond doing though. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, it makes it makes me wonder, did did Oklahoma beat y'all when they played y'all when Baker was there? Not his last season there, no. He lost to uh Sam Ellinger. Mm. Yeah, Oklahoma. Emotional damn it. Heisman trophy winner shrimp little motherfucker. Baker Mayfield. Make you rest in shit. Bitch ass. Couldn't beat Texas when it mattered the most. Motherfucker. Make you rest in shit. Hey, Amen. You better hope the Panthers and the Niles don't play each other. Hey. And if they do. Make you rest in shit. Win or lose? Make you rest in shit.
Oh, for sure lose. That, that, <laughs> that loss is coming. We just oh, got – Oh, there's uh, going to be a lot of losses on y'all. The Niners got Tashawn Gibson. Who? Don't. <laughs> this man said, Gibson, I hope you ain't talking about buddy from the fucking – he used to be for Houston. Safety for Houston. Houston? Man, get the – I was going to say the dog on Commanders. Man, if you don't get the fuck out of here, Josh. Houston. Deshaun, Deshaun, he was. He played for Houston, and I'm pretty sure he played for Jacksonville at one point. Bro, you said two of the sorriest defenses I've seen in the last five years, bro. He, was, he wasn't the reason why they were sorry. Shit, he wasn't the reason why they goddamn won. You can tell you that much. <laughs> Shit. Oh, don't be like that. If I had a rock, I'd bust your head, bitch. <laughs> you just man don't got another tart. Ain't going to sit here and won't be the praise him. Hey, look, I feel you, coach. <laughs> I'm going to have fun with the Bernie board, which, again, shout out to my wife. Uh, she gave me the idea uh, because she loves that soundbite, by the way. Like, every time she hears that soundbite, the... Oh, don't be like that. If I had a rock, I'd bust your head, bitch. She just dies every... She's like, hey, mammy. <laughs> right over there is my mammy. Hey, mammy. <laughs> that part for her, like, so having a Bernie board uh now so if you have any good uh quick um make you rest in shit uh type of <laughs> soundboard stuff oh don't be like that if i had a rock i'll bust your head bitch now we can use on the show to add to the bernie board uh by all means please do because can't get enough of this shit the right time that shit could work Perfectly because Bernie Mac always had the best stuff. So shout out to the wife for the idea uh, for the Bernie board, the birth of the Bernie board. Thought it was a pretty good idea because again, you could find anything, any quote, and it'll apply to everything that we kind of talk about on the show. Yeah. And he's one of the greatest comedians of all time. So you can't go wrong with that. Most definitely. Most definitely. Great idea. Um, Brady's back. I'm not surprised. Does that matter? I mean, no. Still, nobody because, knows the reason. But I mean, you're not gonna find out. Firstly, and then secondly, um, <clears throat> never ever. He came back exactly when the fuck he said he was gonna come back. Exactly when Todd Bowles said he was gonna come back, and everybody was losing their, everybody was losing their shit a few days ago, unnecessarily. I mean, again, it's something for the talking robot heads and stuff like that to talk about. I mean, we're kind of talking about it too, but it's one of those only things like i'm surfing twitter i'm surfing the internet trying to find out stories that are going on that we could talk about 
that are either kind of under the radar, a little bit more interesting than what's being constantly fucking regurgitated over and over and over again on every single show, on every single hour of every single TV fucking channel on the planet. All they're really talking about is Tom Brady's still not out of practice. Tom Brady's still not out of practice. The coaches don't know. The coaches aren't saying anything. Well, that doesn't mean the coaches don't know. But, hey, nobody knows because Tom Brady's not going to ever disclose what the fuck it was that the reason why he had to leave. So, I mean, again, it doesn't matter. He's back now. So, regardless of what everybody can fucking finally breathe. But, again, it's one of those things that, it's just a talking point that everyone has to bring up because it's Tom Brady. Had it been anybody else, I don't think it would have been made as big a deal. But because it's Tom Brady missing practice and preseason time, well, first time he's missed preseason time in, you know, fucking forever. So what? It's preseason. You know he's going to play. Yep. I don't understand what the big deal is. But. I mean, it is what it is. Also, uh, okay, have you seen the Manti Teo uh, documentary, the Untold documentary on Netflix? No, sir. Probably not going to watch it. Uh, oh, that's right. You said we're, we're going to watch it. Okay. Um, now, I think uh, we all owe Manti Teo a very huge uh our bad um, for all the uh, invisible girlfriend jokes and memes and everything that went on after, you know, for that situation. Um, as funny as some of them were, without a doubt, watching the whole situation, um, how it the the plan behind the whole thing. Uh, you feel for the guy. And again, that was before, you know, catfishing was really being talked about. Um, it was kind of really after that situation where everybody started becoming more aware of catfishing situations like that. Um, but it was a very, you know, a span of a few years type plan that, you know, essentially ruined this man's life um you know not just by you know him being talked about and his name kind of getting smeared uh in the media and in social media and you know everybody ragging on him and stuff like that from there but um for somebody to do that to somebody else um, I mean, first off, man, you rest in shit. The that's just again because mentally it fucked with him in a lot of ways to where it did end up affecting his career, um, his football career. Uh, but again, everybody else has their own opinion on what uh the whole thing with Manta Teo is. You know, some people think he was in on it. Uh, I don't, uh, I think he was honestly taken advantage of, uh, his kindness was taken advantage of. He was, he's definitely one of those guys that's upstanding citizen, you know, comes from a good family, 
uh, good morals, discipline, you know, wanted to help people. Um, somebody took advantage of his kindness and, you know, ultimately, you know, got into the legal troubles and everything that followed suit. But, um, you know, again, it's something that nobody who, nobody who goes out of their way to help people in the ways that he did deserves what happened to him to happen. Like that whole situation was was just fucked, and I I don't wish that really on anybody because, um, it's a fucked up situation. You're dealing with people's feelings. You're dealing with people's, uh, like, not just regular feelings, but like inner. You're talking about love. Like he's talking about here about loving this, you know, so called person that he thought was real, um, and then. I mean, you guys are going to have to watch uh, the documentary itself. Uh, but I do think, again, a lot of people owe an apology. But, you know, the jokes were funny when they were there. I'm not going to act like, you know, I never said any of those jokes or any of that. You know, I'm not going to act like I'm innocent in this whole fucking thing. But, you know. You were the ring leader. I was one of them. For sure. might have been. Might have been one of them. Oh, no, 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 no. Stand on it. I wouldn't say ringleader. I wouldn't say ringleader. Because, again, the more I the more I learned about the situation, the more I, you know, you kind of hear about what happened. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's fucked up. That's pretty yeah. fucked up, yeah. Like, if you really think about it, like, yeah, the jokes are what it, it's kind of funny, but... It's only funny when it doesn't happen to you. And if you kind of look at it in perspective, it's kind of like, all right. It's funny while it lasted. It's kind of fucked up now. My bad. Again, I fully apologize for my part in any of those jokes. Anybody else, that's all on them. I'm not going to force them to do anything. It's just at least on my part. (laughs) My bad, bro. Because that's fucked up situation. The whole thing. From start to finish. You're talking about a good, again, a good span of four or five years that this went on for him. Um, so, again, I hope things get better for him. Uh, and I hope people put a little bit more uh, respect on Manti name. So, what um, is he doing now? Say what? What is he doing now? Is he still playing I th- ball? I think he's still in the league. What team? You might have to check. I I'm not sure. Um, last I checked, he was with the Saints. Oh, this I don't know. Cannot be with the fucking Aints. He was. I don't know if he still is. Oh, this fuck up out loud. Is he still with the Saints? Man, I'm trying to figure out how to spell this nigga name. Oh, there you go. It's oh, right on the thing. <laughs> I'm I was I'm looking at my phone then, dude. Oh. No record, no name. Hold on. Uh, they got picture. Oh, he's a free agent. Who is a free agent? Yes. Does it no. just say when the last time he played was? Oh shit, you asked that I closed it. Mm. 
Uh, sorry for the dead time, people. Yeah, sorry guys. I'm uh we're just we're just uh I mean I, I it was a quick search, I'm just trying to figure it out. It's like 2019. So three so before years. the pandemic. Yeah. They got him up out of here before COVID. Goodness gracious. Damn. So my boy, they, they really wanted you gone. I mean, again, he got smeared, bro. He got bad. Terrible. Like, this, this shit was so crazy to people because it was so unlike really anything that really happened that people couldn't believe that that would happen. People literally thought that he was a part of it, that this was a whole, you know, scheme for publicity and everything else like that. But it's a fucked up situation, man. It's a fucked up thing to have to live through. Be honest. I'm going to be honest. He should just go to the UFC, for real, for real. Because I'm out of anger. Bro, I feel like he'll go in there and just he'll tap into some shit. Motherfuckers will get scared. Like, yeah, we know you got repressed anger, fam. We seen you on national TV. <laughs> yo, emotional damage. Oh, uh, I don't know if that was fitting for this one. The man really got emotional damage, bro. <laughs> yo, and I'm trying not to laugh at the situation. Emotional damage. Yo, hey, see, at this point, at this point, you egging it on, fam. Bro, because think about it. You trying to drag I, down with you. I, Emotional damage. See, this is what happens when people all, try to get you on the buddy pass. All of these, like, who's that one? Uh, uh, Bob Sapp. Emotional damage. Like, you had a lot of these fighters and so just emotional shit, and they turn into these monsters in the ring. And what happened to Greg Hardy? He's still fighting? Emotional damage. Uh, yeah, I set that one up. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> and is he still fighting? <laughs> no. He's done. Oh, he, really? had that, he had that one fight in the U.S. in the UFC, and Dana White said, "Never again. Don't ever, don't ever. You're no, you're not going to be a part of the UFC anymore." What happened? Oh, he got knocked the fuck out. They added a little bit to his. Emotional damage with that fight. Bad man, it's bad. I'm saying people with emotional damage and stuff like that usually they got some fucking demons behind those punches. Antitayo might let off a punch that just decapitates motherfucker in the octagon. And again, the person who fucked him over. Make you rest in shit. So. Sorry, Manti. 
apologize for all the shit. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Before we head out, what is there to get? Oh, uh, Raise Energy repsports.com reppsports.com uh you guys already know the best energy drink on the entire fucking planet go to repsports.com and use the promo code alpha raise for 15% off of your order um and just more groundbreaking enterprises you guys already know with them call them for your no obligation cost uh um offer now 510-646-7891 for, uh, again, your no-obligation offer right now. Groundbreaking Enterprises doing big things. Big shout-out to Kenny and Seabass uh, out over there. Groundbreaking Enterprises doing their thing. Um, Gunner Sports, Leslie Jackson, everybody over there. Uh, Bay Area Cali Classic, Gunner Sports Academy getting these kids right ready for the season um if you want your kid to become a better athlete as well as a better person gunner sports incorporated is who you want to get a hold of and be a part of uh leslie jackson's really got something uh going there and we can't wait for the next bay area cali classic game uh to take place and last but not least mountain mike's pizza the way it ought to be uh Shout out to Dave and the crew, everybody over there on Sunrise Boulevard who uh, allowed us to do the Super Bowl watch party uh, last season. Probably doing the same thing uh, this next season. Uh, maybe a couple more uh, watch-along uh, things throughout. We'll see what goes on. But again, appreciate Mountain Mike's uh, for being partners with us. As well, once again, Corey Hammond with the college football update. The newest addition to the Jaffo family, the college football Jaffo correspondent, Corey Hammond. I appreciate him for uh, coming on to the show. Uh, again, all the um, uh, social medias, uh, Jaffo Sports on Instagram, uh, the Jaffo's AP on Twitter. Uh, Pernetti Rose Productions on both YouTube and um, for Facebook. Uh, going to be getting uh, some things done really, really soon. Uh, a big step in uh, Pernetti Rose Productions the next few weeks. Um, I will be getting the LLC uh, set up um, and getting the websites and everything like that so it could be absolutely official. And we can get things absolutely started and rocking um, with the All Pro Jaffas. We got big plans uh, for the podcast as well as for P uh, Pernetta Rose Productions. And we want you guys to be a part of it. Uh, if you guys want to help see this become bigger than what it already is now. Um, once again, we are heard worldwide, 12 different countries other than the U.S., and if you want to be part of the Jaffa Army and you like what you see here, weekly episodes, uh, two episodes per week right now, Monday and Thursday. And once again, that can turn into daily, depending on you guys. We would like to be organic. We don't buy followers. We don't, you know, do all of that shit. 
in order to get that fake recognition. It's all about being organic and it's all about being a community here at the All Pro Joppos. We're all just here to have fun and talk a bunch of shit about sports, you know, and our favorite teams back and forth. And, you know, that's what we like to do here. If you guys want to be a part of it, once again, go to, you got GoFundMe's, uh, you know, Venmo, all that shit. Just get in touch with us. Uh, Pernated Rose Productions, 888 at gmail.com. If you want to get to know uh, more of us, DM us. Uh, got any other opportunities you want to uh, invite us somewhere to for extra coverage or whatever it may be. Uh, we try to cover high school. We want to cover college. We're trying to do the whole thing, you know, a little bit of something for everybody. Um, but for the people who have been listening and hanging out with us lately, um, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. This week and the next few days, we will be putting out um, some compilation uh, videos on YouTube from all the episodes that we've had. It's going to be a lot to go through, but hey, you know, it is what it is. 150 episodes in. We got a lot of stuff to be able to put out there for you guys to uh, enjoy. And there's so much more uh, to come this season. We're really excited uh, for where this is going. And uh, we're glad you guys are with us, a part of the entire thing. Uh, Mad Sticks, uh, shout out to him doing his thing. He's got the Young Dro concert and everything like that coming out this weekend. K is going to be in this part of the in this neck of the woods uh next weekend so the show um depending on how you know things go especially with mad sticks there is a possibility it could be all three of us in the same room on the show at the same time um or it might just be me and k doing the thing um you know, by ourselves. Again, Mad Six, very busy man with everything that's going on with him. Uh, he graced uh, his presence on the show last episode. We appreciate him for doing that because we were on here for like another hour and a half with him just shooting the shit and talking just like old times. Um, but again, he's very busy. He's going to be coming back soon. Uh, you know, so maybe in November, December around that time. That'll be towards the end of uh, football season and stuff like that when playoffs and stuff really get crazy um, so once again appreciate you guys for hanging out with us we're excited for what's to come you guys should be too you want to see more help fund the show or just keep hitting the like button keep following share subscribe on Spotify and everywhere else you listen to your podcast hit five stars Leave a rating. That always helps the show. We've got a lot of things coming, and we cannot wait. Again, I, I keep repeating because we can't fucking wait uh, for the things to come. Uh, we're really excited about it, and uh, hope you guys enjoy the ride. For myself, JP, for the 610 Beast from the Southeast, Mr. Country K, the highly elevated sports talk for the highly elevated sports fan, the All-Pro Joppos. We will see you guys on Thursday. Deuces. Aloha.